Folks, we got a lot of seating still available down here in business class. Y'all want to come on down front? We're going to sing a little bit as you're coming in. Oh, God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh, God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Well, I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me, and I'll follow you all my days, oh God, you are my God, and With my heart. 
morning. What a beautiful day to be together. What beautiful singing. John Scott, thank you for leading us again. If you are just joining us today here at Telling the Story, first of all, we are so glad that you are here. Secondly, you missed a powerful night last night when Brother Shelton Gibbs kicked us off with a great message on telling the story of Christ's love. I encourage you to go back to our Preston Crest YouTube channel. You can watch that. But we are in for another treat this morning with Dr. David Duncan. I'll introduce him in just a few moments. If you have not checked in at the welcome table, if you didn't do that last night or this morning, please do that. You're definitely going to want to do that. If you've registered for lunch or for dinner, you can get your tickets there at that table. We will be having lunch after this is over. So you're definitely going to want a ticket. You need one of those to get in. If you are stuffed from your one or two donut holes that you enjoyed this morning, we had some more up here. So if you would like more donut holes, they probably will not be good after lunch. So please help yourself either in the kitchen or over at the Preston Place lobby. If you are here and you need child care, if you can make your way down to the north end, someone will be down there to help you. We have created a survey in our programs. It's on the second page right above all of the speakers, their pictures. If you would please complete that survey. We need to know how we're doing, how we can improve next year. We want this to be an annual event, but we need your help, and your feedback is very important to us. If you are including in that survey that the elevator is not working at Preston Place, I'm aware of that. We are working on it. We think we have it fixed. If you'll just get inside of it and let us know, go to the top. We can get that fixed. Uh, we do not have more bathrooms, however, at Preston Place. We have not made additional plumbing for the day, so you may want to keep that in mind. If you need more bathrooms at Preston Place, stop drinking coffee. That might help. I learned a lesson last night. You know, preachers always learn lessons, or they should learn lessons. And the lesson I learned was if you're going to brag on your elders, you probably need to know how many elders you have before you brag on them. <laughs> I said that we have 12 wonderful elders. We have 13 elders. And several of them came up to me and asked, which one of us is not one of the <laughs> wonderful elders? To which I said, if you're asking me, it's you. <laughs> so my deepest apologies. We have 13 above average elders here <laughs> at the Preston Crest Church of Christ. This conference is all about God and what he's done for us. But we also know that the Bible tells us we need to give honor to whom honor is due. Many of you have thanked me for the hard work on the conference. You need to know this is not, this is not Jacob. We have had a great planning committee that has been meeting since really April about this conference. It's been composed of men and women, different ages. I've just had the privilege to help steer that committee. And if you have served on the planning committee and if you're in the room, would you please stand so we can thank you for your many hours of work for the past few months. Thank you very much. I've heard a lot of good things in our classes today. I know you have as well. I'm in and out taking pictures. I know our classes are full. Thank you for giving us your grace in that, but what a great problem to have. And one quote that I heard just a few moments ago, I won't say who said it because I don't want to embarrass this individual, but listen to this quote because this speaks to the heart of this conference. I've heard many parents say, I wish my baby 
came with an owner's manual. They do. It's called the Bible. And what a privilege it is to have God's Word to guide us every step of the way. We are so glad that you're here. We are thrilled that we can be together. I'm going to ask now one of the 13 who got in by the casting of lots to keep it biblical. (laughs) Stephen Miller is going to come now and lead us in prayer, and then we will sing before I introduce Dr. Duncan. Well, on behalf of all of the elders, I do want to welcome you and just thank you for accepting the invitation to attend this conference and telling the story. Almost a year ago, the ministers and elders of this church met on a Saturday to discuss the ministries and the needs of our members, and the theme that kept coming up was evangelism. So very much right after that, as Jacob just said, beginning in April, the wheels became in motion to put this conference together. And we've been able to assemble some of the finest preachers and teachers in the brotherhood to challenge and equip us to, be, to share the good news of Christ within our community. So here we are. May God be glorified in our time together today and this weekend. One of the things I just heard in a class from Brother Barry is the goal of this weekend is to make Jesus look good. Boldness is an essential trait for a Christian. It helps establish our credibility, which helps in proclaiming the gospel. When we live boldly, we also testify about God's power and truth, because being apprehensive is not one of God's traits. Let us remember that the Spirit of God He gave us does not keep us, make us timid, but He gives us power, self-discipline, and love. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for our time together this morning and for this entire weekend where we recognize you as the God over all things. We pray that we will see the world through your eyes as we seek to follow the truths of your word and abide in your hope and your promises. We offer our praise to you, Father, for showing us your unconditional love in all circumstances, as well as your grace and mercy for our shortcomings. Father, we acknowledge you as our creator, as well as as the author of your perfect plan that gives us confidence and hope each day we live. We pray that your story will predominantly become our story and that we will boldly proclaim and share it with our world. Bless the Telling the Story Conference this weekend and for all the gifted speakers as they teach, as well as the recipients of their messages on how to become more confident and powerful in sharing the great news of your son. We pray for your spirit of boldness, love, and discipline as we seek to create more disciples in this world as you have called us to do. Again, thank you, Father, for the way that you always love and provide for us and the ways you continue to bless us every day. Bless this time of worship and learning this morning. We offer this prayer in the name of your Son and our Savior. Amen. This is Yeah. 
seated, please. What wonderful singing. You may be saying, our church needs a new worship leader. He is not for sale. He stays here. <laughs> Actually, he said you can talk to me about that later. <laughs> Thank you, John Scott. Thank you for giving us your weekend and blessing us with such incredible singing. It's my privilege to introduce to you a man who probably does not need much of an introduction at all, Dr. David Duncan. Dr. Duncan has served the Memorial Church of Christ in Houston as the preaching minister for 16 years. He spent most of his early life in Canadian Texas, where his father was a preacher. He and his family also served as missionaries in Brazil for seven years. He and his wife, Barbara, have been married for 32 years. They are the parents of two grown daughters, Annabeth and Emma. If you know much about the Memorial Church of Christ in Houston, you know that that church is one of our great churches, a strong church, faithful biblical church. It's a strong church for many reasons, but I'm convinced one of the big reasons is because of Dr. Duncan. And other than the fact that he's an Astros fan, He's a great man, and he's an even better disciple of Jesus. Dr. Duncan is going to talk to us about telling of Christ promises. Please welcome Dr. David Duncan. Wow, it is an honor to be here. It's a little bit intimidating. Lots of folks here, lots of preachers in the crowd as well. That makes it a little bit intimidating for me because I know you're all judging me because if I were out there, I would be judging you. So I know how it goes. Also, there are so many people from my past that are here. Worlds are colliding. People that I've known years ago from Oklahoma and even folks from our congregation in Houston are here and other places that I know. And I'm also amazed as I look out over the crowd how many of you are my Facebook friends, but I've never met you before. First time I've seen you in person, so I'm glad you're here. So today is really an honor, and this has been great to be here. Last night was wonderful. As, as well, and to hear Brother Gibbs preach, and he did a wonderful job. I will, I will tell you this, though. I sunk down a little bit as he was speaking because he spoke on the woman at the well. My topic today is the woman at the well. So I have decided, though, that the text is big enough for the both of us, so we will be okay. Actually, we could do every lesson on the woman at the well, and there would be enough. So today, we're going to look in John chapter 4, and verses 7 through 11, as we open up there. You may know this well, this story well. It's one of the most famous in the Bible, and it's an important one for all of us, especially when we think about reaching out and sharing our faith with other people. The text goes like this. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan, a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can we get this living water? Now, I want you to see what's happening here. I want you to think about this. The things that I'm going to talk about today is obviously not necessarily the exact conversation, but you understand the words that probably would have gone on from other teachings of Jesus. Jesus is about to share the way to the good news. You know that Jesus is the way, right? He is the way. Not a way, but the way. And he is about to, to tell her things that she is not prepared to hear, but he is going to tell her the good news of how she can follow him and how she can have that water forever. Jesus gives what no one else 
can give. You know, there are so many people in this world, actually most people, maybe even some in this audience that are trying to get something and just gasping, grasping for whatever it is and never quite getting what it is that will bring fulfillment. I'll try this a while and I'll try that for a while. The world gives what vanishes. You know, I think about many years ago when we lived in Oklahoma City and they would, the congregations there will have a year-end service. And I remember on this one particular year-end service, it was kind of, it was really cold and it had been really snowy and icy like it's been here the last few days. Incidentally, the reason I live in Houston is because it doesn't do that very often. And so it had been one of those, one of those weeks and there had been people out just like here that were talked about that got out and made sure that for this year in service at all, the, the parking lot would be cleaned off, that the sidewalk would be cleaned off. And I remember walking into the church building that night, and it must have been maybe 10 degrees outside. It was cold. Had on my, my wife had on a coat. I didn't because I had estimated, you know, it's only so many feet to the building. I'll be fine and don't want to have to haul it around. But I remember that night. As we watched our breath as we were walking and talked about it, you know, that, that breath that comes out. And then we walk into the building and there was some wonderful singing that night and then the preacher got up to preach and he was preaching out of the book of James. And he talked about how life is like a vapor and he said, it's just like what you saw outside. That there it goes and then it's gone. Oh, it seems so incredible there for a minute, but then it vanishes and you will never see that exact breath ever again. What Jesus gives is everlasting. What Jesus gives lasts forever. But we go after all these things that aren't real, these things that don't matter, these things that don't last. I think, for example, of a particular NFL quarterback that is not from Dallas, that the other day retired... And he said, it was worth everything. Do you remember that his wife left him when he decided to come back? Was it really worth that? Speaking of football, since we're on football here for just a minute, I heard that after the last, uh, the last game that the Cowboys were in in the playoffs, that Dak Prescott ripped off his helmet and threw it, and it was intercepted. So, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was a little afraid to use that, but you laughed, so we're okay. <laughs> but Jesus gives what is everlasting. Jesus gives what no man or woman can give us. Jesus gives what no organization can give. Jesus is the one that gives that. And this woman stands there that day and says, tell me about this water. She didn't realize he is the source, the one that lasts forever. So what, what does this promise give, this everlasting water? What is it that he's giving? Well, he tells us it's life, right? You know the passage, he's the way, the truth, the life, but he is life and, or he's truth. Excuse me, he's truth and he's those things. She needed it and we need it. We need that truth. Do you know how confusing the world is these days? Do you know how many cable channels there are that want to tell you what they say the truth is? I mean, you can go down the list. This is the truth. This is the truth. And then you get onto your phone and you start looking at social media. And you know what social media is telling you as well, right? There are companies that are claiming to be news sources that you have never heard of. And, and, and they're not news sources. But they claim they're the truth. And we believe it and we quote it and we, and we quote it in our sermons even. When it is not the truth and what she said she had that she needed was life. She needed this water and Jesus gives that water. Well, here's another one of his promises, life. Jesus gives life. Her life wasn't what she wanted it to be. Can you imagine? She's had five husbands and she's with another man now. Can you imagine what those men had said, the truth and the life that they had promised to that woman along the way? Every time you can imagine the conversation, baby, I'm going to be with you forever. Can you imagine them saying that? I'm going to be with you forever, baby. I'm, I am not going to be like those other four men were. You know, honey, let me tell you, I am here for the long haul. Man after man after man. 
never getting what was, what was full and what was true and what was life. I wonder if she used to look at people in Samaria and other people she knew and, and wonder about their lives that seemed so perfect, but hers wasn't perfect. I wonder if she realizes right at this moment she is talking to perfection, the one that can give her truth and the one that is truth and the one that can give her life. I wonder if she realizes as she stands there in front of him what Jesus can do. Well, here's another thing Jesus does. He brings peace. Do you know how important peace is? Don't you love that word, peace? I've decided that perhaps my favorite word in all the world is peace. We just want it and people fight and and countries fight with each other and we worry about all these conflicts. We worry about Russia and Ukraine, what happens there. We worry about China. I mean, now we've even been told to worry about weather balloons. I mean, it's everywhere, right? Conflict everywhere. And if we could just have peace. Back a few years ago, a family, a couple came to our congregation in Houston, and they said, hey, my congregation is going through this issue with this problem. I'm not going to tell you which problem it is, because then you'll take sides on it when I say it. So they said, we're having problems with this. Are you all dealing with that? And I said, no, we're not. I said, honestly, I said, as long as I've been here, we've been at peace. They said, then we're coming to here. We're placing membership here. The man said, you know, I don't really know If that side's right or that side's right, I don't really care. I just want to be in a place where there is peace. Folks, your friends and neighbors just want peace. And I realize there are times that we have to stand up for things. I get it. We have to stand up for the truth and what is right. But there is also a way to live in Jesus in the midst of conflict where there can be peace. And Jesus gives that. I like the way it's put in John 14, verse 27, when Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give you peace like the world gives it. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He also said in John 16, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. With all the problems in the world, Jesus has overcome those problems. And our neighbors and our friends, they worry, and sometimes even Christians worry because they don't take Jesus at his word. Sometimes I worry because I don't trust Jesus enough. But Jesus says, I came to bring you that peace. I came to bring you that But oh, it seems like everywhere we go these days that there are people that somehow want to cause conflict. We're in the midst of conflict. We deal with conflict inside and out. And that was never the way it was intended to be. Jesus brings peace. You know, Jesus wants to unite and the world wants to untie. The world wants to segment us. And Jesus wants to cement us. Jesus wants to bring peace, finally to have this peace. And if you can share that message with people in your neighborhoods and the people who walk into the doors of this building, and you can say, this is a place where the peace of God is preached. This is a place where we stand for truth, but we also stand for the peace of God. That we will work our problems out in a way that unites us, in a way that brings us together that you will find that this will be a growing congregation and your home congregations will be growing and ours will be growing because that is what people are looking for is peace in the midst of the calamity of their lives. We can bring that. Jesus offers hope. Oh, do we not need hope? We are blessed. We are in a wonderful time at Memorial in Houston right now. It's a great time. People are being won to Christ in January. I guess we had about 10 baptisms in January and several in December and October and November, and that's wonderful, and people are studying the Bible with other people, and and it's exciting. 
One family that came to us, that, that, that they were already Christians whenever we met them. My wife and I just had lunch with them on Wednesday. And, and the man is, is from Saudi Arabia originally. He is now a Christian. And as we were eating lunch, I said, tell me, what, what was it that attracted you to Christianity? What, what was it that made you even interested? Without even hesitating, he said, hope. I said, hope? What do you mean? He said, hope. He said, there's a positive worldview. There's a worldview of something better than what we have right now. I just want hope in my life. And how many times have, have I or other people stood behind the podium and we have preached not hope, but we have talked about how bad everything is. And we all leave and go home more depressed than we were before we came. Jesus has called us to hope that if we, were, if we were in this room right now and a nuclear bomb hit us and as awful as that would be, do you realize where we're headed? We are going to be with Jesus. There is nothing that can happen to us that, that is bad. We will be with Christ. There's lots of debate these days, and you know all these debates about do we go to heaven or does heaven and earth come together and all those things. Let me tell you what my conclusion of all of it is. Wherever it is, I want to be with Jesus. That's the point. Be with Jesus because Jesus is the one that brings the hope. Look in Romans 15, 13. Now may, now may the God of hope, you hear Paul? Now the God of hope may fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you see that hope? I don't know if you're like me when I was growing up and we would talk about, talk about the Trinity, for example. It was the Father and Son and we never said the third part, right? But I want you to see this. The hope is by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that brings the power. Oh, God has blessed us. Jesus did not leave us alone when he went back up into heaven, but to gave us something that is wonderful and beautiful and pure and gave us that hope. Think about Revelation 21 verse 4, where it talks about that beautiful day when finally we will be in a place without all the toil and problems that we have. And the writer said, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Do you not look forward to that day? When we are in Christ, we can look forward to a day of no more pain. If there is anything that should get us out of bed in the morning, it is knowing that there is a day without any more pain. Do not give up. Hold on. Go forward. Share that message with the world. Let the world know. People are so incredibly desperate these days. They try everything, don't they? And maybe some days we're just right along with them. But nothing else satisfies a thirst that only living water can quench. When that woman is at the well and she's saying, tell me, Jesus, tell me what it is. I've tried husbands one through five and now I've got this other guy with me. None of this is bringing me hope. None of this is bringing me truth. None of it brings me life. None of it quenches my thirst. Tell me what it is. You know, I remember a day I had had about two or three cups of coffee, and I was so thirsty after drinking that coffee, I had a Diet Coke. <laughs> you wouldn't believe this, but I was still thirsty after that. Do you know how many people do the same thing? Trying everything they can, right? I'll get, I'll, if I get more education, I'm going to quench this thirst. I'll find a spouse, and I'll find a new spouse, and I'll, have, I'll quench that thirst. I'll try pornography. I'll quench that thirst. I'll try money and mo the market and everything else. Some of these things good, some of them bad. But whatever it is that does not include Jesus will not quench the thirst. It is only Jesus that quenches the thirst. And really what happens is we just want more of him. Bring me more of Jesus and help me be more like him. 
I love what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 4 through 7 when he writes to a church that apparently had a problem with two women that were in a disagreement with Yodi and Syntyche, which I always say, I think they were fighting over who had the uglier name. I don't know. But Yodi and Syntyche are in this little disagreement. And this is what Paul says to them and to that congregation. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice let your, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So he says to those, to those women who, who were there probably disagreeing, and, and they're saying, yeah, but do you know what Euodia said? He says, rejoice always. Well, do you know what, you know what Syntyche did and what this means? He says, you don't be anxious about Syntyche at all. You're okay. You're in the Lord. You focus on the Lord. Now, this is what he's going to give, what the Lord is going to give to that woman at the well. This is who I want you to be. This is all part of the gospel. And guess what you can do with your friends and neighbors and family members who aren't in Christ and wonder why in the world you spend all your time at the church building on Sunday? This is what you can share with them, that this is who we are to be. But brothers and sisters, if we are not modeling this in front of people who do not know Jesus, don't be surprised if they don't want Jesus. This better be us, or we will not win the world to Jesus. There's another man that just came to us, interestingly, also from a Muslim background just the other day, and another preacher in town called me, and he said, he said hey, I just, I just got a call from a man who is a Muslim, and he wants to have a Bible study, but they're, he's over near your part of town. I, could you call him? I said, sure, I'll call him called him. We set up a meeting. We started some Bible studies. He already was fairly, already knew a lot because he had been Googling a lot, so he knew a lot of things. Matter of fact, he said to me, he said, I know I need to go all the way under the water. What do you call that? Immerse? I said, that's it. We studied the Bible together. He was baptized into Christ. And I said, what? He, he sent me a note. Actually, I got the note as I was driving up here yesterday. He said, what I love so much is the peace that I have seen in the people at the church. It's the peace that I see. When Jesus is the way and Jesus is the truth, when Jesus is those things, when he is the life, when he is our peace, people in our community see that and they want that. But only if we model that for them. Only if that's who we are. So how can I rejoice while I'm in a mess? How can I be gentle when I'm in a conflict or calm in a struggle? How can I have peace? If you haven't asked these things right now, I bet you have asked them at some point because I still ask myself these very questions some days. And then I've got to remind myself and go back to it of how. And it's that I've got a relationship with God. It is not like an equal relationship, like we're just buddies. Don't under, misunderstand that. It's not that kind of relationship, but I can call him Abba because I am his child. I have that kind of relationship that is incredible, that is open for everybody. And now I can have that peace because I am sitting on the lap of, 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 of truth. And God promised, God promised and he does not lie. He does not lie. Christians, people who are interested in evangelism, are you living your life as if God does not lie? I can tell you there are days i got to work on it. There are days that I don't do what I should do. But I must live as if I believe, because I do believe that God is faithful, that God is true, that God has sent his son, that God brings hope to us. And Jesus promised that woman the way and the truth and the life and the peace and the hope and the salvation. 
And do you know what he promised to every one of us in this room? He promised us the way and the truth and the life and the peace and the hope and the salvation. And to the folks who live in your neighborhood, to the folks who were in your hotel last night, to the folks that you met, that you've met out in the foyer, to the folks that were driving up and down Preston Road this morning, he has promised these same exact things. We have to live this way if the world is to be one to Jesus. They need to see Jesus living in us. So I always end with the question, is, am I sharing the promises? My wife and I have an old dog. He's 14 years old. His name is Stoops. If you know, oh, old football coach? Yeah, that's right. That's who he's named after. Just to bother all the people in Texas, I named him after an Oklahoma football coach. And so Stoops is just a little guy. He's about 15 pounds, and he's old. He's 14 And he doesn't hear very well anymore, and he doesn't see very well anymore either. But he he loves us, of course, as you would expect. And every evening we try to take him out on a walk. We go we behind our fence is a kind of a ravine with a creek that goes through it, and and it's not a pretty place. But there are people that walk, and we know lots of neighbors that walk their dogs out there, and 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 I always enjoy going out there. So does my wife. We like that. But Stoops isn't so fond of going out anymore. He does, but just not as often and not as far. Because he's scared to death. And he starts sniffing his nose. (laughs) Sniffs all around. And if he smells a fireplace, he doesn't go. And let me tell you, down in Houston, when it gets under 70, we light the fireplace. (laughs) So he hasn't been on many walks lately. And whenever we do go out now as an old dog, he has a few friend, friend dogs, but he just wants to see them for a second and move on. And if there's any new dog at all, he goes after him. He's ready to fight. He's ready to fight. The other day, he went after a Great Dane. That Great Dane ran for a block. It was amazing. <laughs> but I can't help but think about how Many of us in the church are a lot like my old dog. There was a time when we had some vigor. And now we'd rather just not go out. Because we're scared. And then when someone is different than us, we bark at them. And we can't figure out why people aren't coming in our church buildings. And we can't figure out why people don't want to sit down and have Bible studies with us. Because the first thing sometimes out of our mouths are the very things that we know are going to make them angry. It doesn't work very well. It's fine for a dog. It is not fine for God's church. We have got to be people that share the promises of Jesus, that believe them, live them, and share them. I am so thankful you're here this weekend. I believe that this weekend can change the world. If we would just believe and just share, we can change the world for the cause of Christ. But I've got to decide that I'm going to do it, and you've got to decide that you're going to do it. May God be praised. Thank you, David. Powerful. God is faithful. Are we living his promises? I love what you said. If we don't model Jesus, people won't want Jesus. And we have to live our life as if God does not lie, because he surely does not. That, that deal on peace, you kept talking about people want churches of peace. I just finished a, a book about a month ago from former Vice President Mike Pence. And if you remember before he went into public service, he was on talk radio regionally in the state of Indiana. And he was on talk radio in the days when there were a lot of people on talk radio who weren't very peaceful. 
And Mike Pence would always sign off the air. He would say, my name is Mike Pence. I'm a conservative, and I'm not in a bad mood about it. <laughs> and it makes me think about the church today. That's a great line. We are Christians. We are members of God's church. And we're not in a bad mood about it. Thank you, David. It has been a great day, and we have more great hours to come. Don't run off. We have three more class hours after lunch. They will all be fantastic. You have the program. Kelly has informed me that we do have some leftover lunch tickets. So rather than having to leave our building and go eat lunch, if you would like to stay, we want you to stay. Go by the Welcome Center and you can grab a couple, a couple of lunch tickets. I can't tell you we have extra dinner tickets because that's Babe's Chicken and that sold out in a hurry. If you do have some left over, please return them to the Welcome Center if you don't plan to use them and we will auction them off beginning at $1,000 a head. So seriously, if you don't plan to stay, we could use those. But if you don't have a lunch ticket and you'd like to stay, there are some out there in the foyer. If you don't get one, there are maps at the Welcome Center with nearby restaurants where you can go and enjoy a meal and be back in time. We will begin our afternoon classes beginning at two o'clock. When you're finished in there eating, if you would make your way out to the foyer, there's going to be a team come in and redecorate that room for dinner. And so that would be helpful to them to have the time to do that. If you haven't already, please visit our vendors in the foyer from Fried Hardman and Harding University. Shortly after lunch, they'll probably begin packing up and some may have to head on their way. So if you haven't had time to do that, please make plans to do that as well. I think that's all that I need to mention. It has been such a great day and we look forward to more great time together. Don't leave today. You're going to have a great meal. You're going to have great classes. And I also, if you have a meal ticket, Brother Paul Shero is going to come and speak to us tonight. And it's impossible to leave not feeling uplifted after listening to Paul. Now, Paul, don't let me down after I just said that. <laughs> Thank you for your presence here today. We appreciate you. We know you could be many different places on a Saturday. You've chosen to be here. It encourages us, and we're confident that it glorifies God. We're going to sing one last verse of one last song. You have one? Let's be standing, and then Charlie Johnson, one of our elders, will be dismissing us in prayer. Let's sing together. Well, this is my story. This is my song. Raising my soul. David, thanks for helping us dig deeper into that well and finding that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and gives us hope and peace. I, I hope all of you are enjoying what one of you today told me is a feast on God's Word. Let's pray. Our Father, uh, we come before you and we just thank you so much for the way you listen to us. We thank you that we can come to you at any time for any reason and know that you're there and you listen to us, Father. We're so thankful we're the child of a king. Father, we're so thankful that you're in control. And we need to realize that all the time. We know that in you, we live and move and have our being. Father, we also know that you have plans for us.
You have plans for us as individuals, and you have plans for us as congregations. Father, help us to exceed your expectations. Help us to be more like you each day. Help us see your vision for our lives and give us your wisdom in carrying out that vision. Father, Paul modeled for us with great example. He said that we should be all things to all the people around us in order that we might use everything to save some, that we might use all possible ways to save some. Father, help us, help us to do that. Help us listen, help us look for, and help us create more opportunities to tell the story. Father, if we need to be uncomfortable, help us be uncomfortable in telling the story. If we need to be in danger, help us be in danger because you were with us. Father, you've told us to be strong and courageous, to not be afraid, do not be discouraged because you're with us each and every day. Father, uh, as your people, help us be known for our love and help us live lives as examples that bring others to you. Father, we thank you for the way you'd care for us. We, we want to thank you in advance for this food we're about to eat. Father, you take care of us. Uh, we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And we thank you for all this. In your son's blessed name we pray. Amen.